Hello and welcome to the After Sermon Podcast, where we learn about a Bible topic, character, or concept. And today we're learning about complacency as we study the sermon, The Common Denominator. The opposite of love is not anger, it's indifference. The opposite of life is complacency. The complacent person draws false strength from looking back. You can look at what you have done and think that you're in a better position than what you are. Being complacent, it's always going to catch up to you in some form or another. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit on me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Hi, my name is Christopher, and ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat, because today we have returning with us a bit of a history guru. We had her on episode 9, Rise of the Khmer Rouge, and returning this time as the preacher herself, it's Miss Kira Lee Josie. Hi, everyone. Well, Kira, it is good to have you on the podcast again. It's been a while, but Mm. we're always glad to have returning guests with us. Well, let's get right into the podcast. Let's go straight in with a recap. But just before we do, if you haven't watched the sermon, The Common Denominator, make sure to go to the link below and come back here later because this podcast is full of spoilers. Now with that out of the way, let's get into the quick recap. Kira, what was your sermon all about? So in my sermon, um, we were looking at complacency and we were looking at historical examples of that and we actually find, oh... It's in a lot of places. Like, we went back to the Bolsheviks, um, the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, and we saw what the um, Romanov dynasty was doing before then. And, oh, wait, they were just sitting there, and they weren't (laughs) doing anything. And then we go to, um, and we go all the way back to Julius Caesar. And what was he doing before he got stabbed in the Senate? Well, he was being a bit of a stupid person, increasing the numbers to 900. How in the world can you keep your eyes on 900 people? (laughs) He thought he could. He couldn't. Um, so then we sort of think, okay, um, complacency is in heaps of places throughout history. And, um, we even go back, um, to the Bible and we see, oh, it's there too. So we're looking at, um, how the Israelites were acting before the Babylonian exile. And, um, in Amos, we see it described that they were super complacent. They were just sitting there. They weren't doing anything. We see that that's what we're heading towards today. Um, a lot of us are just really happy to sit here and do nothing and you know we know things like we know what we should do maybe um we know that um we should be doing some sort of mission or service work or maybe we should be reading our bibles a little bit more and growing our relationships um with god but it's really easy to just sit here and pretend like Mm. oh i'm I'm okay because i sort of feel like i'm okay because we can trick ourselves into thinking that we're doing enough when we're really not um so that's basically what it was about. Um, just basically get up and do something because it's so easy to not. And mm. we're called to do um, as much as we can um, as followers of God. So Awesome. All right, so let's get into our personal takeaways. Christopher, what did you get out of this sermon? Well, what I really liked about it, complacency is like a really... Uh, it's a really relevant topic, I think, because it's, I think it's something that everybody struggles with. Uh, we've actually sort of touched on a similar idea. Uh, if you guys remember in our third episode, the Christmas special, I think still our most watched episode <laughs> as of yet. Uh, but Michael, he had a, a similar message. Uh, he kind of looked at the idea of uh, procrastination. And I think uh, 
they're kind of two very similar ideas, but they also have some very distinct things about them. Complacency is almost like you're not even thinking about putting it off. You're just mm. in this state of nothingness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's even worse than procrastination. Mm. Um, and it, it's also that being in that mindset of you're perfectly okay with the status quo like at the moment and not making any change to anything. Mm. Uh, it, it literally is having no plan of doing anything in the future. It's just, this is yeah. the plan. You're just what? sitting there. Just yeah. sitting there. Um, and so I really liked that quote. I'm going to butcher it to pieces, but essentially mm. it was, uh, the opposite of love is not like anger or whatever. It's indifference. Yeah. The opposite of life is complacency. Mm. When you said yeah. that the first time, it was just like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, seriously, because it sucks <laughs> the life out of you. Like, yeah. You can pretend all you want and then like suddenly you have like this moment and you're like, oh, I am doing nothing. Yeah. I never do anything. It's crazy. Oh, man. Like you think about how much, you know, you do in a day and then like you think, oh, man, I didn't do much today. And then you're like, oh, geez, that's like most days of my week. <laughs> oh, man, that's most weeks of the year. Yeah. Where's my life? It's worse than life. Yeah. It just gets Where do the, all the hours go? That's it. You, you don't know. And I think it's because uh, we very much prioritize... Uh, within our society, mm. very complacent attitude, you know, yeah. just like kind of being real chill and stuff. And I think what's happened is we've we've almost maybe done a bit of a knee jerk reaction. We've gone from like work really really hard to well, yeah, if you work too hard, you'll you'll burn yourself out. And so yeah. people are just like, oh, you got to rest then. And then we yeah. just go, let's well, rest all the time. It, it's okay to you know take a rest sometimes, but mm. I, I feel like um, complacency is especially bad in our spiritual lives mm. because I, I don't know about you, but often I'll. Um, Maybe I'll read, like, my Bible one time. I'm like, good on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, good job, Carrie. You did something. And um, really, I just didn't do anything. I just, mm. I just opened my Bible. That's yeah. something. But it's not, it's not heaps. Like, it, I'm not actually doing anything. It's funny how much we congratulate ourselves when we just, like, read a, one page of something, isn't it? It's like, good job, yeah. man. You, you read one page of a book. Now watch an hour of a TV show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Like... Yeah, so like one of my big personal takeaways was looking at areas in which I have been complacent, especially within as your focus was in the spiritual sense. Mm. And I also liked all the different historical things because I don't think we we ever think of complacency being like that bad thing. Oh, it it so is. Like yeah, um, yeah. In in some like all of these historical events, French Revolution, um, Vietnam War, which America still for some reason thinks that they went one sometimes. <laughs> like, guys, um, so that and the Bolshevik Revolution and Julius Caesar, you see, like it's so prevalent. Yeah. And especially in the major turning points in history. Um, you can even look at today's world and you find so many examples in like politics, things like that, where people are just sitting there and they're not really, you know, moving on or doing anything. And that's going to end so badly. Like, yeah. in a few months. Uh, I don't... It's funny how we, like, think complacency. It's just like, oh, you know, it's not too bad. And the world's not going to end. And then you look in history and you're like, no, oh, like, the, it world, is. <laughs> the world has literally been shook yeah, yeah. by complacency. No, seriously. And, and looking at it now, like... It's so hard to see these historical events, um, these things that are happening now as things that will later be history. Mm. So even now, like, I look at the conflict between North Korea and America, which is escalating very rapidly. Mm. And I think, oh, that's not going to, that's not going to become Escalate? a war. No, no that's not going to become a war. So I feel as though, um, if it eventually does, 
so many of us are going to be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, because we think of like North Korea as like this troll of a nation. We're like, yeah. oh, we're not going to do anything. They're just, they're just there. And then, oh, um, you know, they definitely, something's going to happen. Mm. And it's going to take us all by surprise. And that's definitely what complacency is. You're sitting there blindly and you know that you should be doing something, like in the back of your mind. Mm. But you're still just sitting there like, ah. Oh. Nah. Yeah. Um, and one of the quotes that I used, um, it was from an anonymous source, is that the complacent person draws false strength f- from looking back. So you can look at what you have done and think that you're in a better position than what you are. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so true, though. Like, hey, you get to the end of the day and you're like, man, I, I, I did a lot, hey, you know? And you've maybe done, like, two things of yeah. the ten that you were supposed yeah. to do, but you're like, you know, two for ten isn't bad. That's all right. And then... Like within a week or two, everything starts catching up on you, and you go, oh, oh, gee, oh man. I should have done more. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of this proverb um, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 10 through 11, if you guys want to listen or read along as we hear. Proverbs 6, verse 10, if you guys want to read this along with us, it says, A little extra sleep, a little more slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. In other words, in other words just like putting it off. <laughs> Sounds you know, good. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I did see. enough for the day. A little rest. Uh, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Mm. I love that, King Solomon. Thank you very much for that verse. <laughs> Legend. Yeah. Just like the fact that he says, look, you can't... Being complacent is not going to... Uh, ever not going to catch up to you it's always going to catch up to you in some form or mm. another mm. and what you were talking about before about like just sitting back and being like oh nothing you know it's all right nothing's going to happen it kind of reminds me of the the innocent bystanders sort of mm. thing that yeah. uh we looked at you know you can be an innocent bystander to an event already taking place but it's almost like you can also be an innocent bystander innocent and there's essentially what we concluded there was there's no such thing as an innocent bystander if you are watching an event and you have the capacity to influence or change that event by not doing anything you commit what is referred to as a sin of omission so sin of commission is i steal i lie i cheat sin of omission is i don't do something that i should i and uh, i do not do the good which i'm obligated to do and so complacency kind of works like that in in that you're thinking ahead of what will come, that event that will come. And it's even crazier than sitting back when the event happens, you know? Because you actually had this time to prepare for it. Mm. And then you're just like, eh, nah, eh, eh, nah. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just go, nah, that's all right. And, like, when it comes to our spiritual life, I think it's really easy to put off, like, reading yeah. your Bible. Yeah. Or doing stuff like that because you go, oh, I just got tomorrow. And then tomorrow turns into next week. And yeah. So on and so on and so on. It's really easy because we feel like we've got this extended period of time. But, mm. it, like, it's the wrong mindset to yeah. have. It's part of the human condition, I think. Yeah. Complacency. Mm. Um, it's just something within us that we can't really seem to shake off. Yeah. To go back into it. Why is that? feels good I guess it's interesting isn't it that in Genesis 3 God tells Adam he's like you're going to work hard you're going to work the land you're going to sweat it's going to be hard it's almost uh, I think I've heard some biblical scholars say this God gave that not as a curse but as like a blessing um, to kind of get humanity to work hard because he knew that if we didn't have like a purpose or anything to work for (laughs) what was it if you're complacent you're not living you're not doing anything so like 
the curse was also sort of like a kind of blessing in disguise. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make you work. Mm. But don't worry, you get like a whole day off, you know? Yeah. God also gives yeah. them a whole day off from doing their work. So it's not a bad deal, to be mm. honest. And the sense of achievement after you do something, mm. like something massive or something that you've been putting off, is just so great. Yeah. Um, so even though it feels good to like be complacent and sit there at the time, it will come back and bite you. Mm. And it is better to do things as you go. It's interesting, isn't it? You Definitely. said a little earlier that sometimes, though, when we are complacent, we'll still try and justify. <laughs> yeah, we'll all make, the time. We'll try and make ourselves feel good, like we have done something, even though yeah. we clearly haven't. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I, I read, like, two pages of my 30-page yeah. reading. <laughs> good. Good. Good, good. good. good on me. Like, I've done so much. Yeah. No. <laughs> nah, so there were definitely, like, a lot of really good takeaways from that. Mm. Definitely, like, a really relevant thing. That I think everyone, as you said, it's part of the human condition. So I yeah. think it's something that everyone could really relate to on that level. Well, um, something interesting. This sermon um, sort of grew out of two conversations that I had with um, my friends at different times. Mm. Um, conversation number one happened last year, um, but it's still very prevalent in my mind. So um, Sneaky Kira was trying to think of ways to get out of doing stuff, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what my mindset was. But I went and asked one of my friends. So I said, hey... Oh, I'll use a name. Hey, Jess, um, what do you think is the minimum amount of stuff you have to do as a Christian? And she was like, Kira, (laughs) that's not the point. And she just looked at me and she was like, I'm so concerned. I was like, no, seriously, like, is there a minimum amount? And I was just sitting there, I was thinking, and I was like, okay, well, obviously, you know, we we should do as much as we can. I was like, oh, I don't know what that was, but it was just... It's an interesting know. thought, isn't it? What's yeah. the minimum? Like, how, yeah, yeah. Do I, how, 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 how much do I have to do yeah. to like s- still be safe? Yeah. Like, yeah. my faith is still acting <laughs> out my like, works. What's the absolute <laughs> minimum I can do? Like, that's Man. so lazy. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't. Afterwards, like, everyone was just looking at me like, Kira, like, what were you saying? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I was just. I was just thinking, this isn't really for me. Like, yeah, just, like, it's, a good, it's a good thought exercise. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, just thinking about that. And the second conversation um, happened this year. And it was basically just, oh, is it um, a sin to be complacent? Um, mm. To just sit there and, you know, the thing... Um, the end result of that question is, well, yeah. yeah. Um, looking at it in the sermon. Because, you know, we, we are called to do so much more... Um, in the Great Commission, so Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, mm. um, we're called to go and make disciples of all nations. And mm. as much as um, it would be nice to, you can't do that by lying in bed. Yeah. So, <laughs> although <laughs> you could call people in, like okay, the point is bedside ministry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like you can't see people when they're sick, except this time the people just come and see you. Oh, so you get the sick people out of bed and you stay <laughs> in the bed. <laughs> Like, if we're just sitting here mm. doing nothing, we're expecting the sick people, so maybe the people who haven't yeah, heard yeah. the message to come to us. And that's not how it works. No, Christopher. No. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That would be interesting. To yeah. steal religion for, like, really lazy people. Yeah, why not? Why not? Oh, is there any... That's what I'm thinking of. Is, yeah. there, is there a pre-existing one? What do you have to do when you're a pastafarian? Like, you have to wear the um, colander mm. on your head. Yeah. But do you have to actually go out and evangelize or actually do anything for this flying spaghetti monster? Yeah, I don't know, hey. I tell you what, I'm thinking about the other religions, right? Yeah. 
And Christianity may just be the one that is the least demanding of its people in some oh, in some regards. Yeah. Because all the other ones are very works-based. Like, you yeah. literally have to get your salvation through your works. So if you just stay in bed, you literally cannot get your salvation. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, Christianity says, you're all, we're all in sin. The only way to get out is through accepting the atonement of Christ on the cross. Faith, grace through faith alone. Yeah. So a lot of other religions are basically like, what can you do for God, um, mm. for your God, or you know the particular deity that um, is at the forefront of that religion, mm. or deities? And um, in Christianity, it's oh yeah, all the work's already being done yeah, for us. Yeah, the hard like, work's done. Yeah, all we have to do is go go out and tell more people about it, and um, and inform them of the grace that we are getting, and um, mm. yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty it, good deal. It's a good deal. And, mm. like, it's funny how we have to motivate ourselves to tell people the good news, isn't it? Because sometimes it's hard. It is. I like it. it, it I, yeah, that's not saying it's hard, but it's yeah. interesting, isn't it? That yeah. we kind of, like, have to motivate yourself. Like, you're not always in that mindset. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, it's a bit harsh to compare, uh, you know, a casual lay member to Paul the Apostle. But, mm. you know, Paul was, I doubt Paul was ever not in the mindset of, I meet someone, I proselytize. Like, yeah. and like, that's not even strictly like speaking about preaching a sermon, sitting down a Bible study. He's just thinking his whole, the whole time, how am I being a witness for God? You know, even just through yeah. my actions. Yeah. And it's interesting that sometimes, like, I even I fall into this trap. Like, I yeah. kind of have to go, oh, all right, switch into, yeah. switch into Christian mode. I'm like, what? oh, that's so true. No, yeah. you can't do that. You're no. supposed to be the whole time. I'm the same. Yeah, I feel like. Um... I don't know, is it like Christian alter ego? Oh, no. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but definitely, yeah, you have to like swi- switch it on and oh, switch it off. No. It's weird because it, it shows that you're, you are kind of in this sort of complacent yeah. mindset in that you're just like, oh, well, only, you know, only switch on when... Uh, I, I sh- you know yeah when I'm in this context yeah within a certain context yeah and it's interesting because I'm pretty sure like you ask most Christians I say I identify as a Christian and I think most people you know would at least be trying to live their lives as Christians I yeah. think it's more when it comes to social interactions that we have to do the switch yeah, on because on. Yeah. when it's just like you doing your casual life I think like I think most people are sort of there you know and but uh, of course mm. people are in different ju- uh, different parts of their spiritual journeys. Yeah, I think it's mostly with social interactions that you kind of have to switch on because then you just go, oh, all right, uh, I got to be a witness now. It's like, yeah, kind of were the whole time. You have like, to be the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully you get to the point where yeah, that's so ingrained in you that you don't need to switch it on or off. Mm. But. Yeah, that's really hard because in different social settings, I do find myself like getting into different mindsets and thinking yeah. in different ways. And I tell you what, here's one I've been noticing recently. Um, for those who don't know, at the moment uh, I'm studying a bachelor of ministry in theology, and so every now and then, like, I'll uh, I'll switch into like practice pastor mode. Like, I'm like, okay, I, I'm studying for this. I should mm. be getting into this mindset. So, for example, whenever I go into op shops now. I switch on and I look out for any like Christian little devotional books or anything. Oh, yeah. Like for like one or two dollars. I'm like, oh, that'll be great. I can give these to contacts and stuff. And then I go out the up shop, pass the mode off. Or I'll see something happening or somebody's come up to me with like a problem that they want like advice for. And I go, oh, pass the mode on. And then I'm finished talking to them. I go, pass the mode off. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, what? Wait a tick. Why am I switching it on and off? 
Mm. It should just be constant. And then here's the thing. I was thinking about it and I go, I thought to myself, the things that I'm doing are not pastor things. These are just Christian things. Yeah. Helping people, looking for Christian books for your friends. I was thinking to myself, why didn't I just do this when I'm not in that mode? Mm. Everyone should be doing this. This yeah. isn't just the calling for certain people in the church. That's for all people to yeah. be doing these things. Mm. And yet I found myself being complacent when I wasn't in pastor mode because I was kind of relying on other people to fill in yeah. the position of pastor mode for me. And then, but yeah, so like when I was in Nop Shop, there's no one to do that. It's just me. So I was like, oh, it has to be me now. But it's, yeah. I, found it, I found it really convicting that yeah, I, I literally, no one else had, if no one else was there, only then would I get out of that complacency. And jump into that. Yeah. Thing. But that's also because we're often conditioned. That's I true. Think, um, you know, like you're you're young. You're mm. like for you, you're in training. Yeah. You know, do you do you have to be doing all this now? Because there's other people who can do it for you. Yeah. Um, and that's always something that I found. Um, like, yeah, this this will be your job one day. One day. One day. But for yeah. now, you just sit and you watch. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but why not just like jump in now? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I mean, like you look at Paul. And Paul just goes, right, Timothy, you're a young guy. I'm literally going to make you a pastor of a church. Like, mm. And you think about it and you go, wow, that was like one of the like original apostolic churches, like the responsibility that came with that. Mm. But like under Timothy would have been all these elders and all these other people, you know, all these people who were just wanting to do stuff as well. Like, I think, yeah, I think you're right. We grow up a little bit conditioned to kind of assume that, these people in these positions of authority can yeah. handle it. It comes yeah. back to that idea of the delegation of responsibility. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if the proselytize, that's what the evangelist is for. Yeah. It's like, mm. No, it's all about. See, so you're kind of an evangelist as well. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't, I don't have to help out, I don't know, with whatever in the church, yeah. like upkeep, whatever. The, that's what so and so's for. It's like, Ugh, yeah. Although, of... I don't particularly want to do the working bees. <laughs> not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> you want the church? You gotta work for it. <laughs> no. Um, but thinking about that, it's also often hard to find ministry opportunities. That is true. Yeah. Like, you can want to do something. Like um, right now, I'm in a very Christian saturated environment. You know, I'm going to mm. um, Christian college, and you know, all my friends, all of my closest friends are um, are Christian. All yeah. of Sunday Venice. So. Um, which is which is great. It yeah. is, it's good, but I don't have any um, any mission field. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I uh, like. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, yeah. I I, I empathise because um, back in like year eleven and twelve, my friend group were the majority of them weren't Christian, and it was really great. I got to do Bible studies with them, but I just enjoyed hanging out with them and. Like, it, it was fulfilling to be able to do that, to, like, fulfill that call that we're given. And, like, I agree, in a similar situation here now, like, both at a Christian college and it's just yeah. like, oh. oh. <laughs> we're all <What>? Christian. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, what, what do you do? What do you do? And I mean, like, you can still, you know, help people in their spiritual journeys, like, together. Yeah. But you're not, there's very, as you said, very little opportunity to bring people yeah, in that aren't already here in it. So mm. yeah, I agree. Sometimes it is difficult to find those ministry opportunities. Yeah. So I guess just take any that come. Like yeah. Marriage. Just yeah. say yes. God sends one your way. Yes. Take it. Don't be complacent. Yeah. Do the thing. <laughs> Basically. Do the thing. 
<laughs> Even though the thing can take effort. Effort? <laughs> the thing's going to take effort? Sometimes. I mean, often. See, the hardest oh, things yeah. are the things that take effort. But is it those Always. things that are most worth doing? Always. Always. Good. Well, Kira, that was a very prolonged segment for... <laughs> Take personal takeaways, but well. I think I think I think we got a lot done there. But let's go on to the main meat of our podcast. Or I don't even know if it's the main meat at this point. But anyway, <laughs> the cutting room floor. Christopher, what is the cutting room floor? <laughs> the cutting room floor is the segment where we discuss the parts of the sermon that didn't make it into the final product and break them down. Thanks, Chris. All right, so Kira. <laughs> well, there's like the two Christopher. <laughs> All right, Kira. So, what were some of the things that you didn't quite get to put in the sermon, but you'd like to share with us now? Yeah. Um, so, there was quite a lot um, that I didn't get to put into the sermon. Um, so, looking in, in Revelation, actually, um, mm. we get these picture of these um, of these seven different churches, and yeah. these churches um, represent the Christian church at various stages in mm. time. And what we find through very studying, studying a whole, you know, process is that um, we are the seventh church right now. We are in that last stage. Yeah. And that church is Laodicea. This is in Revelation 3. Mm. And um, so there's a description of this church and it, this church is like super complacent. Um, so just reading in verse 16. Yeah. Oh no, 15. Um... I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a bit bit cutting, hey? That's pretty beautiful, though. It is, yeah. So pretty much what's being said here is, this this is like God speaking. Mm. Like... You don't know what you are. Like yeah. sometimes, sometimes you'll do things. Sometimes you'll get like really keen. You'll jump out, and other times you're just sitting here, and you're doing nothing. And what God says is, yeah, don't stop. I don't like that at all. And we sort of see that um, back in um, a verse that we looked at in the sermon. I believe it was in Zephaniah, um, where God says, "I abhor the complacent. Like absolutely, mm. would, would not, would not create again." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we, we can fool ourselves into thinking, so this church, Laodicea, is thinking, oh, you, you, think, you're, you think you're pretty cool, aren't you? Mm. Like, you, you're sitting here? And then God's like, ha, no, no, no. You, you're naked, you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're poor. Mm. You think that you're more than that? No, you're not. Yeah. And that's really, really interesting because it's really easy to go back into, like we were saying before, the historical examples and be like, well, like, I'm not. Like, you know, you, you can trick yourself into thinking that you're not, but definitely um, we are and it's just going to get worse. Mm. But um, what's really cool is that um, in verse 20, 21, it says to him who overcomes, so that's like the church and... Um, I will give the right to sit on me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Mm. Um, so, you know, there, there's a big incentive. Yeah, that's pretty big. <laughs> big incentive um, to get up and do something. Mm. Um, not that you need the incentive. Ooh. Ooh. Is this oh. <laughs> behaviorism? <laughs> no. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, 
But yeah, not that you need the incentive, but you know, it says in verse 20, God is literally right there and he's like, hey guys. Yeah. Guys, like, come on, wake up. Yeah. You need to do something. Because he says, you know, um, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and and tea with me. Mm. So it's basically saying, I'm, I'm knocking, but you're not, you're not hearing. And, and when mm. you hear, you know, I, I will be with you. So you definitely, it, it's about taking that step and, um, you know, taking those risks and moving on from beyond just sitting here and being like, yeah, it's basically yeah. just sitting in front of like this fire. And it's just burning down like your house behind you. And you're like, you're just ignoring it. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, the, the, I smell the smoke. And you're like, no, don't turn around. Don't turn around. <laughs> because if you look and there's a fire, it makes it real. It's like Scrooge and his um, cat. Ooh. Yeah. So you're both it's saved and not saved. Oh. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> much heresy. Yeah, much heresy. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> but, um. Like how he says in verse 17, because you say, I am rich, I've become wealthy, I have need of nothing. And you were saying that uh, each of these churches represent different mm, time. uh, times in yeah. our history and that this church refers to us. And like, how true is that for today's kind of um, mentality, especially in the Western world? Mm. We've, we've kind of rejected this idea of God. And I think people, even within the church, are becoming more complacent mm. because we have things so easy. It's yeah. so easy. Everything, like... We live, like, um, mm, I don't know what the stats are, like, specifically, but I know that it, basically you live in the Western world, you're, like, in the top 10% or something oh, of, like, yeah. the world's yeah, wealthiest people. Mm-hmm. Like, we are crazy, we, we think of ourselves as, like, poor and broke as. We are crazy rich in comparison to the majority of the world. Yeah. We've become wealthy. We, we don't have any need of anything. Like, I, I think yeah. if we face it, you live in the Western world, chances are... You, you got you, a good. You got a good. Yeah. You got what you need to get through the day, you know? But what's interesting is that um, with that, we're seeing this well-being crisis. Mm. So people, yeah, we're rich and we're doing well, but yeah. well-being-wise, oh boy, it, it's yeah. terrible. People are more lonely than ever. Um, you know, race of mental illness mm. increasing. Everything... All, the, all these terrible well-being factors are just going up because people aren't interacting. That's what yeah. it's become. And that's part of, like, this lukewarm sort of thing. Like, we're not witnessing. Mm. We're not going out. And we see back in, like, the, the past churches, like, they were facing persecution. Mm. That's a pretty good incentive. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I've heard this interesting theory. It has to do with the state of humanity. Mm. And the idea is that the more we kind of, like, neuter or, like, uh, domesticate the world around us the less uh, we grow as, like, a people because we have nothing to kind of motivate us. Mm. Now, I'm not, not, I'm not, like, saying, like, war is great because it makes us move, but just, like, the idea that when things are tough, it, uh, you know, what's... Mm. The tough get going? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, you, you, start, yeah. you start, start doing moving. Things. You start doing things. And so, yeah. like, we live in, I think, the most cushy, soft yeah. society ever. That's like, so true. We, have, we are more privileged than people throughout history. The pharaoh in Egypt... Uh, could not travel faster than his horses could go. Yeah, we literally fly at hundreds of kilometers. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, the pharaoh of Egypt could not listen to the music of anyone who was deceased. He could only listen to live music. You can listen to anyone who's recorded anything in the past, you know, Ooh. sixty years. We, we can listen to the oldest, like ever oldest. composition. Like. It's crazy. I pharaoh of Egypt could not create ice. He had no freezer to put his ice in. That's really sad. It's really sad it's considering really hot, the like, of Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> Pharaoh of Egypt could not condition the air around him. Look at us. I, 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 
when somebody like uh, my dad was the one who came up with this idea of like see how many things you have that like the pharaoh of egypt didn't have mm. and he said air conditioner and i was like i have an air conditioner it's crazy and i thought to myself i'm like you always just say oh you turn the ac on and then you're like hang on <laughs> this machine literally conditions the air around me to a specific temperature and we think that's normal yeah and it, uh, you know what's funny in australia i found this out yesterday uh all australians are like legally uh required to well not required i can't remember quite terminology but legally the government has to provide television access to them really yeah what and I was like, are you kidding me? That's like That's television crazy. is like a human right now. That's... Television <laughs> is literally like a human right now. Wow. What kind of world do we live in where it's like yeah. food, water, safety, education, yeah. Yeah. television. But well, you know what's crazy? How quickly most of that could be taken away. Oh, yeah. Like we have this, we have this thing called <clears throat> the internet. Oh, Heard goodness. of it? Yeah. Oh. Weird. The internet. The internet. And we all like to live on it, like mm. co- pretty constantly. And, you know... It would be so easy for that mm. just to disappear. It's so easy for like the power grids to go down. Oh, so easy. And oh, I know I would be dead within like the first hour. The world <laughs> like, would literally melt down. Basically. Basically. It, it's insane. And looking at it, yeah, um, we're looking at, um, it looks like there's not a mission field in Australia, right? Because mm. um, everyone's rich, everyone's doing well, you know, a lot of people have heard the message. But looking at the latest census results, um, mm. You know, the no religion in Australia is growing, like, 30%. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, and it's been this pretty steady growth um, up until that point, but from 2011 to 2016, it skyrocketed. Wow. Insane. And looking at it, um, the decline in Christianity in Australia is also skyrocketing, yeah. but, you know, the other way. So what's, what's that, like, roller coaster? Plummeting. Plummeting, that's mm. the one. Wow. <laughs> Many smart. <laughs> but, um, so it's, it's plummeting, definitely. So it went from like 67 and oh, I think 2006. I really hope I'm getting these numbers right. I'm not making them up. Um, and then like 61, 2011. Oh, man, I really hope so. And then 2016, we see like 57, I think. Mm. I think that's what it was. I hope that's what it was. But anyway, you know, it, it's been this like, yeah. it's, it's been plummeting. Yeah, like, the, the general idea is, yeah. It's very quickly, going. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, and as you, I, as you were saying before, like we feel rich in all these aspects but we're really not doing well at, like, actually living life. Yeah. As you said, like, mental illnesses, like, you're seeing a lot of, uh, especially in adolescence, self-esteem issues, a lot of uh, people dealing with depression, suicide. Mm. Uh, well, like... yeah, my brother's currently doing HSC, um, mm. and he often quotes this. He's saying, the levels of current um, school children are those of patients in a mental asylum. Basically. Do you like the stress levels? Yeah, it's say. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have a lot of real uh, issues in society, and, like, I feel like uh, every second book or every second, like, TV ad is all about make your life better. We're, we're so obsessed in yeah. self-help and but it- trying to... Or, like, everyone's obsessed with going on a big diet because they feel yeah. terrible about their current body image. Like, we yeah. got all these different problems but that we're going through. Fictionally, we like living in the worst-case scenario. Mm. Like, That's interesting. Looking at all the, like, the rise of the dystopia um, of, like, why do we... What? I guess we like thinking, oh, it could be worse. Yeah, The government yeah. could be, like, this benevolent dictator, and then you look at you like, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> please don't. <laughs> 
So I had a look in First Corinthians, and um, so verse three two, and it's our ball boy, a boy Paul, and um, what he's pretty much saying here, I should probably just track it down because I didn't write it down properly, um, but he's saying, where is it? Um, yeah, <laughs> this is funny. I love the way Paul writes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ. Oof. Yeah, hard hitting. Where are we at the moment? Um, First Corinthians three two. Three two. Yeah, three two. Okay. Um, this verse two. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not re- yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Oof. So he's writing to the church in Corinth, mm. and he's saying, <clears throat> "Yep, I." You know, you're still of the world. Yeah. You're not really, you're not really doing anything, and you should be taking on like spiritual food by now. So mm. you know, great learning, um, things like that. But all I can give you is like these little like snippets. Like you're yeah. like a baby. That's interesting, hey. Mm. How we can kind of stunt our spiritual growth. Yeah. <laughs> just by not feeding ourselves. Yeah, and you can think, oh, that's that's enough, because I know I do that. I'm like, mm. yeah, I, I'm pretty okay, like. It's all good. I, I know stuff. Oh, you can think that you know, like, Bible trivia and suddenly you've got yourself down. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I do know that the tribe of Benjamin was left-handed. Like, that's important. Yeah. But <laughs> is that... Say so, it such essential to my theology. Yeah. <laughs> it is, though, like... But is that... Knowing that, is that helping my spiritual journey at all? Yeah. No, no not, not much. Not really. Not, not much. Not really. Yeah, not, not really. A- yeah. So it's just really interesting because you can think... Yeah, you, you you can think that you're moving forward, but really mm. you're just taking on, like, more and more of nothing. And here's the thing. You could go your... I think you could go your whole Christian journey just by going on milk. Yeah. If you wanted to. You could be complacent and just decide to keep the milk. It doesn't mean you should. <laughs> like, it's just dumb. You, you, yeah. Like, if you saw, you know, like, a full-grown adult just, like, drinking milk every day, you'd go, like... Mate, do you, you realize stop. you realize there's a thing called food? It's like, wait, what? Yeah. You go, yeah, solid food. Ooh. It's really good it, stuff. It's good stuff. It comes in heaps of different flavors. Mm, man shall not live on milk alone. <laughs> yeah, I, you'd say that guy is an idiot, and yet, like, yeah, it's always the spiritual. We, I, I find we we always make excuses in the spiritual. We're just like, yeah, I, I can cope with this milk, you know. Yeah. I, I, I but and then interestingly, I've had other people. Um, I, I know people, uh, members of my church, they've given testimonies about how they kind of did some church hopping around. And they said the reason that they left their original churches was they just said, I, was, I wasn't getting anything. I was just mm. getting milk all the time. They said, you know, like, like that's fine for other people who are yeah. at the beginning of their spiritual journeys. But they said, it, I had gotten what I needed and I needed to move on and find um, like sustenance, something yeah. to challenge me. And like I really respect that because for... Uh, some people, it's like a big deal, you know, to move from a church. You oh, have like yeah. family, you have connections, you have you've done social stuff with these people, and so I really respect like the the spiritual maturity of these people to you know very peacefully and very friendly you know say their farewells to at least meeting those people at the church, you know, oh, and then I can't imagine doing that, and then going somewhere yeah. else because they realize. It's time for me to like to move, move on, on to get that sustenance. Like that's oh. a big deal. But at the same time, you don't always have to move on. 
You don't always have to. Yeah, but definitely. For example, you could be a mentor at that church helping those people. So, yeah, like, it's wherever God leads you. Yeah. And for these people, God had led them there. And so, yeah, I respect their conviction to answer that call. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, we, we definitely, like, if we're complacent and we're just sitting there like, yeah, we're never going to mature spiritually and we're never mm. going to be able to take on, you know, hopefully you shouldn't be taking on the leadership roles yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're not really doing anything. You go to your pastor's office and you're just like wiping away like a milk and it's just like, yep, yeah, sorry, what? Alright, so Kira, do you have any recommended readings? Well, sort of. Um, have you ever done a spiritual gifts test, Christopher? I have. Yes. What did you find yours were? Do you remember? I think it was like a tie between leadership and administrative. Oh, yeah, the administration. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I did mine, and mine was, uh, I think, teaching up there. Oh, there we go. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. That works. I, yeah, I'm, I'm studying teaching. Um, but... So what I would definitely recommend is going on and finding one of those and doing the test and seeing what what um, your gifts come out as because that gives you some indication. Um, it's not the be all end all, but an indication of where you might want to serve and how you might want to get out into the community um, to share and not be complacent because that's a good first step. Um, knowing what you're good at. Yeah. Um, and also I'd really recommend taking those steps of faith um, because you can have talents and you know. You, you can write things or you can make things and never share them with the world. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're, we're given these talents for a reason. Um, I believe, and, you know, there's a saying, like, so cliche, but if you don't use it, you lose it. Which is so true, though. So true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just using your talents, getting out there and just sharing. Sharing. Um, and I guess also... I don't know, here I am like, being like, oh, yeah, go, go do this. But um, I guess trying to think of ways that you can, you know, increase, like, up your spiritual life. And mm. so, you know, like, oh, listening listening to the podcast, what? Oh, um, listening to sermons, you know, doing your own study, your own study. That's the most important thing mm. because you can listen to things like this and, you know, you're getting um, mine and Christopher's view of God. Um Mm. But you really need to v- develop your own picture yeah. um, because otherwise you're never really going to be able to share as effectively as you could if you don't have your own picture of God. So. Yeah, so true. Well, there we go. That's the first recommended action. <laughs> yeah. I need to come up with a catchy name for it now. Well, what is it? It's an action. It's a commission. Kira's commission. Kira's commission. That concludes. It's not great though. <laughs> Kira's mediocre commission <laughs> for the day. Yeah, basically. Oh well, Kira, where can these people find you? So I do have a YouTube channel. It is not under my proper name. Oh. No. Um, it's Bugs is an artist. There is a story behind that. All um, no spaces. So Bugs is an artist. Christopher, where can these people find you? Well, these people can find me here every fortnight on the After Seven podcast, as well as on my YouTube channel, channel Christopher channel. Peterson, spelled with an S-E-N. Uh, you can also find me and our other co-host, Jesse Marks, on 3ABN Australia Radio for, uh, I think, the rest of the quarter of this year. That's a little bit exciting. It is a bit. If you go to the 3ABN Australia website, you can see some program guides, and you can find out when we are going to be on air, on radio, 
and on what frequency we'll be on near you. <laughs> Can't escape them. Can't escape us. No matter well, where, no matter where you are go. in Australia, you cannot escape us. We will be there. So, we, uh, Jesse and I and uh, another lady, Carly Fraser, we've been working really hard on these um, programs and really excited to be able to share them with you. And by the time this episode goes up, uh, the first episode, the first two episodes might have already played. So make sure to find out when those are. And uh, yeah, don't worry. I think this might be the only time I plug that. But <laughs> it's exciting news, so I thought I'd share it with you. Well, don't forget, everybody, that the After Seven podcast is now available on more platforms than ever. We've got YouTube, we have SoundCloud, we have uh, Podbean, we got <laughs> iTunes, we've got everything. So many things. So many. So make sure to subscribe on all those platforms. Follow us on Facebook as well. That way, you get the sermon that we talk about a week in advance before the After Sermon podcast comes out. Thank you so much for supporting us, guys, and for listening in with us. That concludes today's podcast, and we hope you've been blessed as we've discussed complacency and how to fix it as we studied the sermon, The Common Denominator. Make sure to come back in a fortnight for another episode, and with that said, have a good one, and good night.